Welcome back to another episode of Show Talk, the place where I talk, you talk, and we talk about shows. As you can tell by the really awesome intro, we are back with another episode of The Passage, episode two, You Owe Me a Unicorn. So much went down this Monday that there were tears, there was screaming, I might have threw a pillow. It was an emotional time, what can I say? But I loved looking through the Twitter page for The Passage and seeing all you guys' comments on the page and how invested you were, because I was there too. I loved live tweeting with everyone, and I hope to make it a regular occurrence. Sadly, I probably won't be able to next week, but cross your fingers that I can, because I had so much fun. Before we go into my reaction of this week's episode, I just want to start by saying that I hope you guys are watching with caution to whoever is listening, because this show is 14 and up, so make sure you are prepared for any type of graphic scenes that may come up throughout the season. Also, I know in episode one of this podcast, I did mention that one of the scientists' name was Henry Cusack. I'm a liar. Cancel me, okay? Because that's actually the actor's name. I'm sorry. But we will be going by what the passage says the character's name is, obviously, and it is Jonas. So we will continue on with this episode knowing that one of the main scientists that we talked about in episode one, his name is Jonas. I can't believe I messed that up, especially when I said I was going to get all the names right. (sighs) Such a fail. Anyway, (laughs) let's start off with a quick recap of what happened in episode one, because so much went down there, and then we'll go into what happened in episode two. We'll break it down as in recap, and then we'll go into what's going on with a backstory of the scientists that started off Project Noah, followed by what's going on behind the scenes with the vampires. Are they vampires? Do they want to? Okay, vampires don't exist, but what are they then? Do they have a name? I know this show is a book. So so somebody let me know what the classification for these non-vampires are. Okay? Okay. But finally, we're going to end off with what's going on with Brad and Amy and what they've been up to since the last episode. So without further ado, let's jump right into it. Looking back at episode one, we start to hear a little bit of the backstory into Project Noah. It started off as a expedition run by two scientists by the names of Tim Fanning and Jonas Lear, looking for a rumored man in Bolivia with increased healing capabilities. But he is no ordinary man because it seems that he's been kept in a cage for a certain period of time and also his food sustenance might be blood. And upon his release, he goes and attacks Tim and ends up almost killing him. When Tim rises from the dead, he has some healing capabilities that none of us saw coming uh, and he ended up deteriorating very fast. However, this must have showed some positive results because fast forward a few years later, we see Jonas within a facility with a bunch of his peers, and they seem to be monitoring Tim behind a glass. Now, Tim does not look the same as what we saw him five minutes ago. He no longer has human features, he's drinking blood on the regular, and he doesn't seem to be human anymore. He can't understand you and it seems more primal in nature the way he acts and the way he acts around others. 
he's not alone as well. It turns out we have a few willing volunteers from Death Row who's okay with being guinea pigs to the possible healing capabilities that Tim has. And we've concluded over years of trial that the younger you are, the better chances of Tim's blood passing through with less deterioration and capable of holding more human characteristics. And you won't end up looking like Tim, a lifeless sack of a blood drinking, possibly human, possibly not human being. An example of this is Shauna. She is the youngest subject within the facility and also holds the most human characteristics of the group and a possible increase of cognitive functions. It all has to do with some sciencey stuff with neurons and everything like that that we go into a little bit more as the show goes on. However, this would be great for future research but we're on a time limit because apparently a avian flu is coming in from the east and there's a possibility that millions could die within a short time frame. This leaves Dr. Major Nicole Sykes, the head of the department, to make a dangerous decision. And that is, should they bring in a younger subject, a child, to see if the healing properties and human characteristics are true in the testings. Now this facility, also known as Project Noah, isn't the most legal facility um, that is out there, which means they can't just go about taking any type of child. They need someone who won't be missed. In comes Amy Belafonte, a 10-year-old girl who has just lost her mother and was recently put into foster care. She has no known relative and apparently she's been moving from state to state with her mother over the past few years, so she has no record of known residents, so she's the perfect person to go missing. No one's going to be looking for her now that her mother is gone. But of course the facility can't go in all guns blazing to retrieve her. So in come our very own Brad Wolgast and his partner Doyle out to kidnap Amy and bring her over to the facility. And after a few bumps and bruises, we start to see a possible bond form between Brad and Amy. And a background story into who Brad is as a person and why that bond begins to form. We find out that he is recently divorced, which comes right after the death of his daughter, Eva. And it is Eva that Amy resembles so much that has Wolgast second-guessing the job he's been given to bring Amy to this facility. So much so that he ends up ditching his partner, Doyle, and deciding to take Amy as far away from this facility as possible promising to protect her. This isn't going to be an easy task, however, especially with the forces that the facility is able to hire in order to bring Amy in and get rid of Brad. One of these people who has the capabilities of taking Brad out and basically kidnapping Amy once more is Clark Richards, Brad's best friend that he's grown up with over the years. 
he is one of the many men that end up chasing Brad and Amy to the point of a massive shootout within a police station in which Brad gets shot. Now that's kind of how we leave off with episode one. They're able to get away, but Brad is still wounded and still on the run, still being hunted down to get rid of him and the information that he knows and to get Amy and test on her the way that they planned. Now, after everything that happened in episode one, you'd think we'd get a moment in episode two to just slow it down a little bit and just really evaluate and understand everything that we saw in episode one. But no, because we continue on right where we left off in episode one with Brad still wounded and both him and Amy still on the run. Personally, though, within this podcast, we're going to just slow it down a little bit and see what Project Noah really means to the founders that built it, Tim and Jonas, and how that affects how they're going to be moving forward throughout the season. With everything that's happened and the decisions that Project Noah's continued to make after the release of this outbreak, not many of the scientists are supportive of their decisions, one of them being Jonas. However, he wasn't always so reluctant to push the boundaries when it's come to his research. Project Noah actually started as an effort to find a cure for his wife who has Alzheimer's. Now, it's crazy because you can see that in the flashbacks of what's going on with his wife and the starting of his research, his wife actually warns him multiple times that he's going to regret everything that he's been doing to try to save her. And in all honesty, limiting the time they do have together before her condition worsens. Now, it's crazy because in the first episode, I was actually pretty mad at Jonas and the rest of the scientists who have taken Project Noah to the direction that it is now, especially after their decision to kidnap Amy and practically use a child as a lab rat. But looking a little bit more into his background, I actually feel bad for him because it started off with great intentions. He just wanted to save his wife and now he's regretting it because Project Noah has basically gotten out of his control. And that was one of the main things that he promised he was going to be able to keep, especially when he let his friend Tim in on the decisions to financially support Project Noah, which is what got him linked up to the government. Now, do I agree with what's gone down since the last episode? No. And I also don't appreciate Jonas just sitting back and letting what's happened happen. Yes, he's lost control, but he also has to remember that he founded this program. He may not have founded it financially, but everything started. The research, the the travels, the paperwork, it's all in his name. So he has to have some kind of control, right? And it just frustrates me even more when you actually find out what's going on with the vampires. Just hear the quotation marks because honestly I don't know what to describe them as at the moment. I mean they drink blood and appear to have a leader for their little coven in the form of Tim. Tim seems to be gathering up followers through his little telepathic dream 
convo that he's having with the other inmates. One of those inmates being Aaron Carter. For the entirety of this episode, it looks like Tim is repeatedly trying to convince Carter to join him in his changing of the world. One of his followers that Tim already has is Shauna. Shauna is or looks to be Tim's right-hand man in recruiting and also prepping for whatever Tim has planned. And at this point, I don't even want to know what Tim has planned. I'm actually nervous because like Jonas's wife said in the beginning of the episode, Tim is very full of himself to the point of even seeming to be a narcissist. And his ideas of changing the world might not be great for you and me. And especially not for Amy if she gets caught by Project Noah by this episode. And unfortunately, she does! Oh man, I've never been so sad just two episodes into a show before. And that's because seeing everything that happened between Brad and Amy from when they left the prison to where they are now, just breaks my heart and everything that they tried to do to stay together even with Project Noah just breathing down their necks the entire time. They tried though, they honestly did. After Brad got shot, he looked for sanctuary in his old mentor's cabin and honestly, it seemed like the perfect place because Lacey was stocked to the goods with high firepower in case Project Noah came knocking. She even offered to out Project Noah after everything they've been doing to both Amy and Brad, risking her life. But at least Amy and Brad would be free and so would another child if Project Noah decided to try again. However... I promised myself I wasn't going to blame her for it, but I kind of blame her for it. When Brad was shot, Amy was so scared that she called Lisa, Brad's ex-wife, who's also a doctor, for advice on how to treat him. Although she was able to wake him up and get them on the road to Lacey's, that also led Lisa to following Brad and Amy to Wisconsin, where she knew where Lacey lived. Now... Brad was smart enough to crash his phone before going to Lacey's in order to protect himself from the powers that is Project Noah. Lisa, I'm guessing, is not that smart because as she hits the cabin, they have about a few hours of peace before Project Noah comes knocking on their door. And all because they probably tracked Lisa's phone from the hospital to Wisconsin. And I'm so bad because in the epic shootout that was Project Noah versus Brad and Lacey, we lose our one friend that we've made in this episode. And that is Lacey. She didn't have a chance. She promised us she was going to be alive, man. These are, these are clearly where the tears came in during this episode. But honestly, can you blame me? Because the ending was just so emotionally charged that I couldn't help myself. Especially when Brad decides to give himself up to protect both Amy and Lisa as they run to the river to escape to Canada. But that's not how plans go because Amy... Looking back on her promise to Brad earlier this episode and that she was never going to leave him, 
also turns herself in to save his life. Now that means that both Amy and Brad are left at the facility's mercy because they are captured and all that Brad and Amy really had going for them was that they had a head start in a runaway. And that's how we left off with episode two, guys, with Amy and Brad being separated and going over to the facility for testing and possible death. Who knows? Who honestly knows? But I'm so excited to go into episode three and finding out what's going to go on. What did you guys think of this episode? Did you like it? Did you get as emotional as I did during live tweeting? I mean, how could you not? I love this little family that Amy and Brad have made already and it's only been two episodes. Do you guys trust Tim? I don't. He seems pretty scary and pretty dictatorship-ish. I don't, I don't think Aaron should go anywhere near him for the foreseeable episodes and I'm pretty proud of him for sticking up for himself and saying no bueno to Tim's deal. But also, I'm kind of mad at him for, you know, walking down that scary hallway to begin with because people who do that are always the first to die in horror movies and that seemed like a horror movie feel. Is it just me? Just me? Oh, and what is Tim going to do now that he might have a connection to Amy? That's probably one of the biggest questions that I had at the end of this episode now that she's caught. Because if she's affected in any way and has a connection to Tim, that means she's more susceptible to what he says and what he asks of her. We can't have that. We, we can't have that, clearly. I guess we'll see you next episode and I hope to see you guys here on Show Talk Podcast talking about it with me on Twitter with the hashtag Show Talk Podcast so we can break it down a little bit more every week but like I always say if you like me if you like this show share it with your friends share it with your family but like always keep talking.